Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to read just the first few verses there of chapter 6, starting about verse 10, and then we'll go from there. We are talking about uh, spiritual warfare, a lot of spiritual warfare going on across the world, as you well know. Truth or territory. By the way, I don't often, I guess I do, I won't say often, but I do recommend this. If you want to really follow up when we're done, you can borrow this book. It is, uh, pretty much has to be held together already by rubber bands, maybe not quite. But anyway, it's an excellent book if you want to know more about spiritual warfare, what it entails, and what it doesn't entail. I would highly recommend that book. You can borrow it when the series is done if you like, or buy your own. Uh, I, if, you sign, if you take that one, you have to sign your in blood and triplicate if you take that one. Because uh, I'm just teasing. Because I want it back. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of not teasing. Uh, 610. If you want, I'll probably buy your own if you really want to read it. I'll probably buy one for you if you really want to read it. 610, it says, uh, Finally, brethren, be strong in yourself. Mm. Whoa. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Karen and I were talking about the Apocrypha. And one of the things the Apocrypha has wrong with it, it has mistakes in it and things that aren't, does not mesh with what the Bible says about God. And so that's why the Apocrypha book, the books that are in between the New Testament, the Old Testament there and some scriptures, not in ours any longer. It was in the original King James translation in 1611. The Apocrypha books were in there, uh, but they're not now because they're not part of the 66 canon books of scripture. So that's part of the reason, uh, Karen and I have found out uh, as we study up on that, that that's part of the reason why we don't accept that, because they're just, they weren't written by God, obviously, and they also have spurious uh, comments and things in them. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to cast out demons and exercise them and have prayer chants and mantras and be able to just put the devil in the... Binding. No. You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's it. Uh, we think that we are some spiritual giant. Please don't think that. I don't think any of us do, but maybe we'd ever get to that point. We are to stand against the, the schemes, wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, and stand therefore. So I'm just sort of gathering, and we've had stands four times already, not deer stands or tree stands, but we, had, we are to stand, having your, etc. We're going to stop right there, we're not getting that far tonight. So our adequacy is in our sovereign, number one. I think it's even somewhat alliterated. Our adequacy is in our sovereign. So finally, my brethren, so in your outline, jumping right on there, here we go. God has provided us with adequate strength for the fight. Adequate strength for the fight. And thank you, someone gave me a mental telepathy. You need to turn that thing on. Thank you, whoever it was. I think he's looking at my wife. Maybe it was her, anyway. Come on, work with me here, not against me. Just stop. Uh, so we are. God has. There we go. Oh, didn't go on. I'm sorry. Just a moment. Sorry about that. This is how we get the live stream. There we go. All right. So we find uh, we're, we are in Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. That our adequacy is in our sovereign. So He has provided us with strength. So be strong in the Lord. It is a passive. 
If something is passive in the Greek language, it's not something that you do yourself. It's something that is given to you, or uh, it's not something that we do to or for ourselves, but something that comes from outside of us. It is something that happens to us, not something that happens by us. And so that's the verb tense. So the idea would be be strengthened. So finally, my brethren, be strong, be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of his might. So as we mature as believers, now that what's maturing as believers, we call that progressive sanctification. Progressive. I'm gradually becoming more like Christ. Uh, and now, there's, there's a positional sanctification. You trust in Christ as personal Savior, and you are his child for eternity. I believe the Bible teaches that clearly. You're his child for eternity. And that's set in granite. But how close we come to being like God, that's progressively. You don't automatically become a concert pianist the first time you have your very first lesson. It takes, you give your life. These people that play the piano, like if you see them, that's like 10 hours a day. It's just amazing. These people, and it's like, oh, how do they do that? They practice, that's their life. It's like if you are a professional, whatever you do professionally, that's your life. Whatever you do, whether it, you are a truck driver or you are a boilermaker or you're a pipe fitter or you're an electrician or you're a professional fisherman, that's, that's what you do. You have to go fish. Oh, man, it sounds like a rough... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure, though, it, it is rough that you to do that every single day. I'm sure it would get tired after a few hundred years, but there we go. But, that's, but we are to put it on. It is something that happens to us. And we are to grow in spiritual Christ-likeness. You need to learn not to fly off the handle. When something happens, you hit your, Mr. Lardo talked about hitting your thumb with the, or finger with the hammer. What do you say? My goodness. Uh, what's, what's Audrey say? My Lanta? My, my Lanta. That's what she says. So my Lanta. Uh, so it's something that happens to us. So in Ephesians chapter 1, you want to turn back for just a moment there, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, about verse 20, strengthen in the power of his might, Ephesians 1, 20. Here we go here. It says for us here, the, how about verse 17, actually, 1, 17 of Ephesians, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. To get the idea that if we're going to do anything for Christ, we have to do it in what? His power, in his might. If you try to do it on your own, you are going to fail miserably. Matter of fact, in 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, this is not the power rangers. It's not that they go, and they five jump together and have this big, it's not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles either. It's not that kind of power. It's not even the, the yin-yang of the force. It's not that either. It's the, the Spirit is a person. And if you're a believer, which I trust we all are, you have, it lives inside you. And that's the power of God that works inside you. It's not yourself. How is it you're able to control your tongue from saying things that you just really want to let go with? As a person at work, I said, I said, I said, uh, just passing in passing, I was looking at the internet. I said, well, the internet, you know, our, our Wi-Fi is down right now. Oh, no, mine's not down. 20 minutes later, it comes, Tim, uh, you were right. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is down. 
You know, I wanted to say, listen, I know just a little bit about things, like, but I didn't. I just, mm-mm. How do, how do we, I'm not tooting my own horn, I'm not trying to do that, but we, it's, and more serious things, how is it you respond? I know Cindy has a difficult time with the people that she responds to on, on social media sometimes, and they just bait, they want to bait you to respond improperly. How is it you always, you need to, sometimes you just take a step back or two, or take a, you know, a long jaunt back and just let God handle, some things God, only God can do. And we have to step back and, and there are things I found out with my, as my children got older, we found out the best thing is just to pray and let, step back and let God work in people's hearts and minds because sometimes your badgering just does the, goes the wrong direction sometimes. Now, if they're in your home and your parent knows, sometimes you need to badger. I'm just saying, sometimes you just need to, you know, this is the way it is, walk ye in it. And just because I said so, it's still an operative term. If you're a child at home, because I said so is all you need to know right now. Perhaps later I'll explain it to you, but I said so. <laughs> that should work. doesn't always work when they get out on their own, etc. But we are, it's God's power. So that's the power described here. We can and must, we cannot trust the adequacy of our own power. It must be God's. It's not in ourselves. It's in Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The, one, of the most, one of the shortest definitions of a believer, we are in Christ. Christ is in us. We are part of the, the true belief. We are part of the, there is the invisible church, and then there is the visible church. The visible church. People who profess to be Christians. That's, that's professing, professing believers. Then there is the invisible church, the people God knows to truly be Christians. So the visible church and the invisible church are not the same thing. Now, they may say they are, but you, you see what I'm saying? There will be those who are in churches. When the rapture happens, if it happens on a Sunday morning, you know, it's, it's likely to happen in a church hour somewhere, right? Don't we go 24 hours around the clock? Yes. So wherever it happens, if it happens Eastern time zone, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, the Lord comes back, there's going to be people in Greenup County, there's going to be part of the church is going, the visible church. I'm telling you, part of the church is not going. There's going to be pastors going to remain, rest, right, go right on preaching. Pastors across America are just going to go right on preaching. Because they don't truly know the Christ as personal Savior. You, it's, it's that relationship. How do you know it? You trust what the Bible says. He's written these things that we may know that we have eternal life. And how do you know it? The Spirit dwells within. You can learn the Scriptures. You, you can understand. It doesn't, you can't understand everything in here. But there's a lot you can understand. The Spirit's our teacher. That's why the unbelieving world has... It's just like Greek to them, or whatever I call it, whatever language Hebrew to them, because... They don't have the spirit. What they can understand is that they are a sinner and they can need to be saved. And so we can understand that part. So Satan does not fear those who think that they can do it on their own. If you think that you are adequate for the battle in your own giftedness, in your own resoluteness, in your wisdom, in your youth, in your intelligence, in your education, in your experiences, you're in, you're in Satan's crosshairs because he is looking for People like you who think they can do it on their own. Having, uh, we, I've been looking, studying a little bit about guns, learning a little bit about guns this last week. And so looking the crosshairs, and there's that, you can have a scope on it, or you can have, I didn't know what iron sights were until 
Today, I think it was today, watching that one video, uh, iron sights. Oh, that's the sight on the gun, right? It's made out of iron. Oh, woohoo, there we go. And so I'm learning what an AR, AKR, and what I should have, uh, what those things are, and that little pistol, thing. Anyway, we're just going to go right on. The Satan sees people who thinks that they are on their own. They can do it. And he, oh, wow, there's someone I can, I can work with, if you would. So question one, what will happen to the believer who's relying upon carnal fleshly weapons that God has not promised or blessed or, or empowers? They're going to be a sunk ship, if you would. As we talked about Sunday morning, signs and wonders specifically designed to authenticate and validate the ministry of the apostles. Paul was clear in 2 Corinthians 12, 12. It is clear from passages like that that the only legitimate practice of casting out demons was a sign or wonder, and it was apostolic in origin. So exorcism of demons was a sign gift, not, and those, I believe, ceased. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse, about verse 12, 11, 12, somewhere in the neighborhood, 8 to 12 in their general neighborhood. And they have ceased. So if those sign gifts have ceased, we don't see people healing the blind, raising the dead, I mean legitimately, and, and, uh, and doing these kind of things. And we, we don't see people really legitimately then having that power of exorcism either. Now, can God, has God? Yes. Has God, through prayer, directly ex- made demons exit? I believe yes. He still does it today, I believe. But he hasn't given Christians the apostolic gift of being able. And if you remember correctly, when they come off the mountain of transfiguration, there was a, a boy that had a demon, and the disciples themselves could not even do it. Do you remember? It only this comes by faith. And the, I love what that man, the dad said, Lord, increase my faith. But the disciples, and so Jesus had to cast the demon out. And so the thing that it's not for Christians today, that sign gift has passed on. It was with the apostles. Uh, so number one was God has provided us with strength for fight. Secondly, he has provided us with adequate defense. Our adequate defense is the whole armor of God. It's useless unless we put it on. Now, that's a very simplistic statement. But it is useless. It's like the Bible in your, in, your, in your home. And we hear this story about people dusting off their Bibles to come to church. But I'm, I'm, I'm no, none of us would be like that, I'm sure. Hopefully. It's no good unless we read it. We read it. It's like the directions. I, I, I have an aversion to reading the directions. But I'm telling you, if, if I've messed something up, it's my own fault because I didn't read the directions. And sometimes I have a hard time reading directions. So if we're going to have this whole armor of God, we have got to be, we have, we've got to be availing ourselves to it. So it's like, I had to use another gun illustration, but if you're, going to have a, if you're going to carry your gun, you need to have, you need to have bullets in it. I'm just saying, because I'm telling you, I don't think about this, I just try to put the shells in the 9mm magazine, and my fingers, I, I have the hardest, I can't get the whole thing loaded. I mean, I'm, the first two go in, and, then it's, and I don't know if it's my fingers or if it's me or what it is, but maybe I'm all knuckles when it comes to that. But it, you've got to have the bullets in there. If a bad guy comes, I want to have something in there that's slowing down, right? If you're going to go out, spiritually speaking, you've got to put on the armor that he's given to us. And it's not like, I think I'll put on the helmet of salvation and leave the... No, it's all... It's like I was thinking of a jumpsuit. I even thought of a spacesuit. How it's like all one big piece and you know, got everything fits together and it only works if you have it sealed off. That's the whole armor of God. You need to have it all. 
It was one what will not avail you uh, completely, and you have it all. So that's the whole arm. And put on means to envelop in, to hide in, to clothe in. It has the idea of bless, dressing oneself with something. It's in the aorist tense in the Greek, which means past tense. A completed once for all action. The protection we have has been given to us, and it's never to be taken off. It's not like well, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna unload my gun and carry it today. What's good? You know, it's, you're supposed to keep it loaded and keep it on, and then carry it where you go because that's you don't know when you're going to need it. The spirit. It's, you learn your Bible verses because you never know when a moment's time something may happen. Lord, I need you now, or somebody may say something or do something or whatever or. or you can draw your own conclusions there. A lot of possibilities. The bottom page one, Paul describes our defense with these words, the whole armor of God. Or did you describe the heavenly armored soldier? Heavily armored soldier. It literally means all the weapons. We're going to put on the full armament, which God has graciously for us in Christ. So Paul then, who has been incarcerated with Roman soldiers, likened our defense to the armor of the Roman soldier. It's like, it's like he, drew, he drew the illustration from what was close at hand. If I was going to draw an illustration, I would use cats and Diet Mountain Dew and fishing. And now maybe a, a pistol or two. That's, that's what I would use because that's what I'm working at now. That's what I, or, or, the, or the aging centers, you know, where, where I work. That's, those are the kind of things. That, and Paul has been sitting by a Roman soldier under house arrest. So, hey, he builds a whole, these things. And it's interesting. Remember, don't overemphasize the armor if you're looking at your, at your Bibles there. Loins, uh, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shall the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith, which all fire, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Instead of the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, etc., etc., etc. You see, Paul's been building these themes and uh, through all Ephesians, and now, just to give you, just to tie it all up, let's draw the illustration of the armor and apply these six things I've been really emphasizing and put those on. Question number two, top of page two, is the armor described in six something that we provide or make? No, it is given to us. By the way, the only command given to believers for dealing with Satan, says Pastor Osman, is we are to resist the devil. Not binding, not cast him into hell, not always. We can't, the, the prideful audaciousness that you and I think we can somehow send Satan to hell. He's not there now. You realize Satan's not, he's not down there welcoming welcome people with a pitchfork. He is the prince of the power of the air. He has a legions of false, uh, legions of, of demons under him who are doing his bidding. Now, he's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. But he's a powerful, powerful being. You don't stand a chance on your own with him. The only stance you stand is this right here. The sword of the Spirit. The Bible. So the whole armor of God, we're not, it doesn't be, it's not manufactured by us. So number one was our adequacy is in our sovereign. Two is our adversary is Satan. Verse 11, Ephesians 6, 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, how would you respond to someone who says that Satan, the devil, is just a myth and a figment of the imagination of Baptist preachers and teachers and church members? 
Is Satan just a myth? Do you think there's people who believe that Satan is a myth? Yes, I have it on my phone, but if I take it on my phone, I lose the, I lose the, uh, the uh, live streaming, so we'll leave it. But the guy said, oh yes, Satan's a, it's a myth of the believers, it's a crutch, you know, it's, he's not really real. He's, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the old fundamentalist trying to give an answer for why they do wrong. He's real. The Bible is clear. He's in the Bible all the way from Genesis chapter 3. He's all the way to Revelation chapter... 20, chapter 20, he gets cast into the lake of fire, along with all those who have rejected Christ as Savior for eternity. Then 21, finally, 21, he's incarcerated forever, and we have the new heavens and new earth. No more sin. Won't that be amazing? No more sin. That would be a wonderful thing. So we find that he is real, very real. The whole armor of God, in order that we may be able to stand against these wiles. It says in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that we're not ignorant of his devices. So we face a real enemy. Why would the Bible, why would Paul say we're not ignorant of his devices if he were not a real person? Now, just because we can't see them, you say, well, pastor, how can we believe in something we've never seen? How do you believe in Jesus? You've never seen him. How do you believe in the Holy Spirit? You trust it by F-A-I-T-H. Is the Bible real? Is it honest with us or not? It is. Spurgeon says, There is no believer, as in your outline, in Christ, no follower that, has, that which is true and lovely and of good repute, who will not find himself at some season or another attacked by this foul fiend and the legions enlisted in his service. Behold your adversary. Though you cannot see his face and detect his form, believe that such a foe withstands you. He is as real a being as ourselves. Though a spirit, he has as much real... Oh, just for a moment. Can we just stop for just a moment? Do you believe in spirits? Think before you say no, because that's what you are when you leave this world as it is now. The real you is going to be a spirit being, is it not? The real, for a time anyway? until we come back to get our new bodies. So yes, we believe in the spirit, the body, soul, spirit, etc. So we continue on. He's as real a being as ourselves, though a spirit, he has as much real power over hearts as we have over the hearts of others, and in many ways, more cases, far more. This is no vision of the night, no phantom of a disordered brain. That wicked one is as sternly real this day as when Christ met him in deadly conflict in the wilderness of temptation. How does, okay, explain to me, how did Jesus see Satan? But Jesus was in the body for a time. Jesus was limited, perhaps. How did Satan and Jesus talk when Jesus was on earth? You would say, well, he voluntarily laid aside the independent exercise of his divine attributes. Could not Satan, though, appear the Bible says he appears as an angel of light. Do we not see in the Bible and in Genesis chapter 18, the holy angels appeared unto Abraham, two of them, right? Then they went on down to, to Sodom and Gomorrah. So don't let things that, well, it's, I, God will work it out. I mean, it, it, don't get stuck on things like that because, well, he's a spirit. Yes, Satan's a spirit, but he also can appear if he wants to. He can visualize himself. Why can't Jesus see? Maybe Jesus could see that as well. I'm not. How do we know what Jesus could? Could he not? Now, this is going to get you a really deeper thinker. 
He read people's minds, did he not? When they were, he knew the minds of them and what they were thinking when he, he, he raised the man. Well, you're thinking that no one can do that but God, and you'd be right. So in other words, to prove that I forgave his sins, take up your bed and walk. And out he goes. He knows. Don't ask me to explain all that while he was here on earth, how that all works. Interesting. He, he did all things in the power of the Spirit. Some would say, well, then the Holy Spirit ministered to his spirit and informed him of what those things, how he could know those things while he was here on earth. That would be one explanation. That's a little deeper thing. I know you didn't come for deeper things tonight, but there we go. The wiles of the devil. I think deeper things are good for us. Is that, can you think of a better thing to think about than the Bible and how we can take the Bible and learn and help others with it? When they ask you a Bible question, don't you want to have the answer? Yes, thank you. Yes! You need to say, the don't say, well, I'm going to ask Pastor. Now, you can ask me if you can't figure out. Search gotquestions.org. If you have a question, I'm not saying everything, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of good stuff. I've used it. Gotquestions.org has a lot of answers. If you, have, if you want a Bible, that's, I, I, I would recommend that highly. In 611, I know we've got two minutes. Uh, we find then that in 611, we, the tactics, it says here, the wiles. I cannot help but think of wild E. Coyote, but the wiles of the devil. Now, we know who wild, you know, Seth, do you know who wild E. Coyote is? Okay, we're good. He's the youngest one here. So if Seth knows who, we know who, everybody knows who Wiley Coyote is. Okay. I thought he got a bad rap off. I thought some of his things were quite clever. He should have been able to get that bird. I'm telling you that. Anyway, shall we move on? We shall before I get more distracted. We, we get our English word, methodia, 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 et cetera. The methods. So we find here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the methods or schemes, or wiles of the devil. He's got a lot of wiles. He's a wily, subtle type of thing, spirit. So we are to put that on so we can have the opportunity. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm telling you, the longer I live, it seems like I just discovered it. It's what you think about. It is what you dwell on that wins or loses it. You got 10 seconds. Something comes to your mind. Man, you see a pretty woman. You got 10 seconds. Well, that's a pretty woman. Do you know, Mr. Womack, that you, if you start, wow, wow, that's a, why doesn't Stephanie look like that? Wow, 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 that's a pretty woman. I, 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 you've lost it. 10 seconds. You got to you got to stop it right then. And so, what you think about the Mr. Woman all the time posting Bible, Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Read. And so, what you think about is how you will live your day. If you will think about Him and what He's done for you, tell Lord, I love you. Tell Him that He wants to hear it, and that will help you honestly. The wiles of the devil. You put the Lord first. That's part of the armor. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not sure where it fits in there, but the Word of God, sword of the Spirit. That's, that's it. Let's pray. Help us, Lord, as we go out through this, even this evening, out the rest of this week. May we serve you as you have us to serve. May we put on this armor and not let it rust in our homes, but use it every day for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.